Music Mania Podcast. Welcome to yet another edition of the Music Mania Podcast. I am your host, the enigmatic rock guru, Clint Schweitzer, being joined by my partner in crime, my special guest, my co-host, it's Paul Lagana. You're back in studio with us. It's so great to have you. And what a show we have today, my man. Clint, thanks again for letting me be a part of this show. I did behave myself last week, barely, but here we are again, and what a show we've got today, buddy. We have got Vinny Apice here today, drummer for Black Sabbath in the early 80s, Dio, and many, many more. He's done it all, man. Uh, Vinny Apice, one of the great drummers in rock history, and uh, we've got him here on this show. We're going to talk about all things Black Sabbath-related, Dio, his relationship with Ronnie, what it was like. Uh, obviously, the new band he's got going right now, The Last in Line, with uh, Vivian Campbell, you know, former... Uh, Dio bandmates and uh, Jimmy Bain, who was a co-founder of that band, uh, passed away a couple months ago. We're going to ask about that. They have a new album out called Heavy Crown. Great stuff. Andrew Freeman on vocals. We're going to ask him about how this band came about, the shows they got coming up at Rocklahoma, by the way, Paul, which we will be there to see the Scorpions. Hope to catch up with Vinny and the the Last in Line guys, man, because that's going to be a heck of a show at Rocklahoma uh, Memorial Weekend. No doubt. No doubt at all. Can we survive the weekend? Uh, it depends on how many days we're there. I know it's a three-day show, but I'd love to be there about seven days. That's right. And we got the Scorpions, man. Uh, of course, uh, can't wait to see that. Can't wait to, to, to talk to Vinny. It's going to be a huge honor for us. And that, I mean, uh, that's what, why we, we bring on these guests, man. We want you to hear the stories from the from the guys themselves. It's easy to sit here and listen to us talk about our ridiculous lives that no one cares about. But when we bring on the guests, Paul, Vinny Apice, and that's what we have for you today. It's going to be a, a huge pleasure, man. I can't wait. No doubt about it. And the, the thing that I'd love to hear the most, uh, his relationship with Dio and what that meant to him and, and his passing and what exactly their relationship was. I'm very interested in that. It's hard to believe it's been almost six years in May that uh, Ronnie passed away. And uh, luckily for us, Paul, we got to see the Heaven and Hell line up, of course, with uh, Geezer, Tony, Ronnie, and Vinny um, at the Mohegan Sun Arena on the Heaven and Hell Judas Priest Tour, man. That was a, a great memory, one of my a top highlight show for me. Because that's the only time I was ever able to see Dio live, especially in that in that setting, Oh, man. my God, yes. And little did we know at the time that uh, Dio would was going to be one of Dio's last shows. So yeah. uh, again, uh, I know they had a great relationship and I'm so anxious to hear about this. Well, things I want to, you know, and it, it's kind of a weird time since in, in 2016 alone, Paul, we've lost so many bands, so many, uh, so many legendary musicians. We've lost Lemmy, uh, Motorhead is done. We've lost, we've seen Motley Crue play their final show. David Bowie has passed away. Jimmy Bain has passed away. I mean, it has just been a, a tough time. And we have Brian Johnson sidelined from ACDC. We might've seen their last show together right. in Kansas City just a couple weeks ago. It's a, it's, it's a surreal time and it's a time where you have to start reflecting on the fact that these bands aren't, aren't going to last forever. Yeah, this, it's a, it's an empty feeling. This could be it. I mean, we're looking at uh, uh, you know the passing of the torch, so to speak. But who and do you pass it to? Is exactly, the problem exactly? And we've been talking about this for ten years now. I mean, there's just uh, the rock shows are dwindling, so everybody needs to get out while they can, see everybody that they can see, and just know that you know this is it. I mean, this could be it. So. I agree with you, man, and that's why we uh, we do it. We're going to be out and about, have a bunch of shows coming up. I know Faster Pussycats rolling here to Kansas City. Going to have to check that. that out. Striper rolling in. We got Rocklahoma, and a lot of shows haven't been uh, even announced yet as far as the summer concert shows go. So 
I agree. A lot of people will disagree with us. They say, I don't want to see these old bands. I saw them in their prime and that's all I need. It's like, to me, I agree with you. See them now. But I, I just don't even know. I, I don't even know what to say to right. that. And, and I'll tell you that the music lives on. I don't care if you're 20, 30, 40, 50. The bands that you grow up with, those are the ones you want to see. Now, the lineup changes. Uh, musically, they've changed a little bit over the years. But I'll tell you what, those classic, classic songs that come out, you'll sing along to them every single time, whether you agree or disagree that they should still be continuing. But uh, I'll tell you, it's a, it's a great time to bring on our guest at this time, Vinny Apice. He is the former drummer of Black Sabbath and Dio, the current drummer for The Last in Line. Vinny, welcome to the show, man. How's everything going in your world, buddy? Everything's good. I'm out here in California. Beautiful day. And uh, at least I'm not somewhere freezing my ass off. Yeah, like Missouri, for instance, where, where I'm sitting right now. That's uh, Thanks for that. I really appreciate that. <laughs> it's, it's... Well, well, actually, last weekend I was in Russia. I was in Moscow for two days. We, uh, we did an all-star kind of thing, uh, playing at a, at a private party, and it was pretty damn cold there you know they know they call it siberia that's why they call it siberia and it is uh lives up to the term for sure now Vinny, got to get into this because the last in line it's it's a project that i'm really pumped about i've i've uh, got the album it's heavy crown it's been out now yeah. since february i just wh- so far what's the what's the reception been uh, to the album heavy crown and, and and how do you see things uh you know shaping up uh, with that album the reception's been uh, fantastic. Uh, the re- all the reviews uh, that have come in have been really, really positive. Some and some just exceptional reviews, and uh, so it's being well received. And the people, the fans that have bought it and, and left messages on our Facebook site are uh, they love the album. You know, they can't stop playing it. So it's been great so far. So good, you know, and it's selling well from what I hear. And um, we were just really, you know, really positive about it and really excited that, that people are getting into it, you know. Well, it's a wonderful link. Uh, of course, uh, some of the f- members, uh, past members from the Dio band, uh, and Andrew Freeman, who I think has added a lot uh, vocally t- to the album. And uh, I was just checking out the video for The Devil and Me, which is a great video, great song. And I, I just, you know, I can't say enough good things about it. And um, tell us about uh, Andrew, because uh, he, he's coming in, he's a fresh face, somebody that, uh, you know, obviously doesn't have uh, past ties to Dio. He was not the singer in Dio because Dio was the singer in Dio. But Andrew does a great job, man. Tell us how. Uh, how you came across him and and how you th- what you think he brings uh, to the new album? Well, I know Andrew from a long time ago. Actually, I met him. I did a, a, a short uh, George Lynch tour for a couple of weeks, and Andrew was a singer, and that's where I met him. And that was a, wa- a long time ago. That was over ten years ago, probably. And uh, and I was uh, admiring him because we did like twenty shows in a row. With with George, and that's a lot of shows, and we played loud, and the vocalist to sing over the volume and then do that many shows in a row, man, that's a, a really, you gotta really take care of yourself and have a strong voice, and he was able to do that, and I was really impressed with the way he sang, and, and also the way he was able to sing all those shows in a row, and uh, just blow it away, and he's a great guy. And then we always uh, kept in touch. We did other things together. And then when we started this band, The Last in Mind, it just started off as basically just a fun thing. Viv, Vivian calling me up one day going, hey, uh, I spoke to Jimmy. 
you guys, would you be, you know, you into jamming one day, play some of the old stuff? Sure. And I agreed, yeah, sure, that would be fantastic. So we got in the studio, little rehearsal place, not even our own gear, and we jammed and we played all the old songs, and we had a blast, we had a great time, you know, trying to remember the songs and yeah. solos, and it was pretty funny, you know. Oh, it's and, awesome. Uh, we had such a good time. We did it again the following week. And then I said, uh, let me call my friend Andy down, because he's in town, and, and he knows a lot of these songs. He could sing, at least with our vocals, you know. That's all it was, you know, just bring bring him down as a friend. He came down, and he blew everybody away, including myself. I never heard him sing the Dio stuff, like, you know, like that. And uh, we were all blown away. Went, wow, it's incredible. You know, what a great singer, great guy. Uh, so that led to, hey, why don't we do some gigs, you know? And that led to, the gigs led to an offer from Frontier Records to do an album. So that's how we became involved in the band. And uh, then when we started writing, you know, we'd write the stuff. Uh, he would be there some of the time because he lives in Vegas. We're in the L.A. And he would come down uh, and work with us, and then he would be gone. We'd write the songs and put riffs together and, uh, Jimmy, Viv, and I, and that's the way these songs came about. And then when we heard the vocals, it was just like, wow, what a great job, you know, with hooks and melodies, and he did, just wrote some great stuff, lyrics. Uh, so we were all blown away with what he did. And then Jeff Pilton, who produced the album, uh, is great with lyrics and mel- medley, metal melodies <laughs> and uh, and all the hooks and stuff, and uh, it was just a great team, just Fantastic job on the vocals. And we're not trying to... When we put this together, I got a lot of emails, lots of emails with singers. And I sound just like Lottie, man. I could sing sing Rainbow in the Dark. So we didn't want to get somebody that sounds like Lottie. Sure. Because it would be always a comparison. And then you'd get bad reviews. Well, he's trying to sound like Lottie. Nobody could sing like Lottie. Of course. Lottie was the best, you know? He's the number one, the best. So, uh, so we went with what felt right, and that came together the way it should be. It just worked its way out, and uh, it came together naturally. Well, so it's awesome. It's 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 taken on a life of its own. You talk about jamming, and uh, and then it leading to this, and you guys got some shows coming up this spring, including at Rocklahoma, which I look forward to seeing you guys there. And you know, the band's experienced um, some some unfortunate shakeups. You've had Claude Snell uh, departed the band. He was a longtime uh, keyboard player for Ronnie, and then of course uh, Jimmy Bain's untimely passing uh, back in January. Yeah. How what, how at any point did you guys think about hey, there's just no point going forward with this? And then at what point did you realize that yeah, that, that you want to go forward? And, uh, you know, how did you guys come to that decision? Well, we were, obviously, we were pumped, you know, when, when we were getting close. Because we waited a while because Vivian was busy with Def Leppard. So we only had limited time to record and write and get, you know, some gigs under our belt. And then finally, we had a release date. And we went fantastic, February 19th. And then we had a gig, a couple of gigs uh, booked on the cruise with Def Leppard in January. So we were like, finally, we're getting this thing going, and we were supposed to have a, uh, we did have a six-week tour March into April, so we would have been on tour right now. So, you know, everything was uh, building up, and then Jimmy passed away on the cruise. We were all shocked. And yeah. Sad. And, you know, he was our mate and our brother, and, uh, you know, there he is. He's gone. And we go, oh, my God, you know. So it took a while to figure out 
what we're going to do, and, and we all decided, you know, we need to move go forward. Jimmy would want us to go forward, and the album's so good, and and uh, we need to go out there. And people still want to hear the old stuff, yeah, by the original, by the original players, you know, to Holy Diver stuff and Last in Line songs, and people are out there waiting. So we decided to go ahead, and uh, there's going to be an announcement probably this week about who the bass player is. I can't say anything yet. So we got a uh, you know a bass player in that's going to to do the gigs with us, and then we'll take it from there. You know, well, so we're, we're going to move on, and then we'll after after the summer we'll go out uh, uh, on more of a, a real tour. You know. Well, really looking forward to it, Vinny. I tell you what, it's uh, and, and and you know, and of course, Vivian Campbell um, dealing with with cancer himself. He's been touring with Def Leppard and having to deal with uh, cancer treatments. And you know, of course, and it's well documented that um, Vivian and, and Ronnie had their issues. And do you do you feel in in a lot of ways that um, that Vivian rejoining you guys and playing these songs is kind of his way, maybe, of making peace with with that situation from from way back in, in the early eighties. Well, I think what happened more, what the problem was more of a business end and, you know, a money business problem that a lot of bands get and uh, things that were, you know, supposedly promised never materialized and that's what happened and it developed into sure. a problem after after the years went by. And, uh, I, you know, I think uh, he's such a part of the, this his first two legendary albums, Holy Diver, we didn't know when we were, were making it, but it became a legendary record, so did Last of Mine. So that's part of his history, too. So he's he feels uh, part of those songs. He, he knows he's part of those songs, and he wanted to play them. So, uh, so it's not really making peace, but he wants to, you know, keep the music alive, and that's yeah. important. And, uh, you know, business... Stuff is left to the management sides, and and uh, that always causes a problem in a band, you know, unless it's really sorted out to begin with, and and uh, you know, you have an agreement, basically. So. Well, I mean, you, you yourself have such a long musical lineage. Uh, growing up with your brother Carmine um, as a, as a as a rocker, as a drummer, as a legendary drummer, um, you grew up playing. You grew up with you played with acts like John Lennon. I mean. So many guys, so many bands you've played with, it's unbelievable. But I, I want to go back to the when you first joined Black Sabbath in 1980 because this is a story I've always heard. Glad I have you on the phone right now because I get to finally clear it up. When you joined Black Sabbath 1980, this is the Heaven and Hell tour. You supposedly had to learn these Sabbath songs from a notebook, and unfortunately, in your first show in Hawaii, it started raining and washed away all your notes, and you were just. Uh, left, left to your own accord to 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 play on stage with Black Sabbath. Is that is that really how it happened? Yeah, that's true. Um, because I got a call. I got back from Chicago, and I got a call saying, "Hey, Black Sabbath called. They want to talk to you." So the next day, I went down and talked to the tour manager, and we were in Los Angeles, and uh, and then uh, everything went well. And then Tony Naomi came walking in the hotel. And uh, I met him, and we got along great. And he was, he was, you know, really nice. And uh, then he invited me to come down and play with the band the next day. And the next day I went down. And that's where I met uh, Ronnie. And I met Geezer, and uh, Jeff was the keyboard player at the time. And uh, so we had four days to rehearse. So that was the first day 
was meeting everybody, going through some songs, and then everybody was so happy they found a drummer, we went to the pub. You know, of course. And to celebrate. So that, that, that blew out the rehearsal. <laughs> Next day, we rehearsed more, and then uh, they were still happy, and they went to the pub. <laughs> so, you know, it wasn't a lot of rehearsal, but uh, a couple of times Ronnie stayed back with me and worked with me on the songs with uh, Jeff, the keyboard player. And uh, and then eventually we, we had to really put in two days full lack of uh, learning these songs. Every spare minute of my life was listening to these songs. Sure. You know, to learn them. So I made notes in the book. You know, I could read music, but the notes were more, a uh, couple of notes written down, musical notes, and then it'd be like, okay, hang for two bars, stop, you know, different time change here. Because some of the old stuff is all some crazy stuff. So, uh, so I did have those notes, and then we first gig was Aloha Stadium in Hawaii, outdoor gig, thirty thousand people. We come on, and everything's good. And then all of a sudden, after about three or four songs, it starts raining, and the rain's blowing, and it's blowing all over the book. And uh, I don't actually know how the book got that wet, but it got wet, and the ink started going <laughs> running and shriveling the papers and. So eventually it became useless. Its pages were stuck together. And uh, so we just had to wing it, you know. That's now, that's rock and roll. We have a video of that. We were really looking at each other, you know, for cues, especially me. Yeah, I'm looking for cues. I'm looking for endings. Sometimes the ending went on too long. Then we had to take the next one when it turned around. So it was a gig that was uh, pretty nerve-wracking, and we got through it. After the gig, Ronnie told me that Tony and Giza were very nervous because at that point they never played with another drummer other than Bill Ward. Sure. So, so that was uh, a pretty amazing gig, you know. Absolutely. And luckily, we had another day or two off. We flew back to the mainland and started the tour, and that gave me a little more time to listen to, uh, you know, all the songs and really. Get to know them and keep playing them, playing them and listening and listening. So, well, for a lot of people, that represents uh, you know the best, finest musical era of Black Sabbath. And you're talking about Heaven and Hell, and then followed up by the Mob Rules, which you played on that album. And then uh, after that, um, you and, and Ronnie James Dio and Vivian Campbell, you form the, you form the band Dio um, after he leaves Black Sabbath. I mean, just kind of talk about how that came about, how that group of guys came about, how you guys, and I believe Jimmy Bain played on that uh, also, was involved in that. Yeah. So what kind of led to you guys moving away from Sabbath at that time and then forming this Dio band, and what was the direction going into that project? I mean, did it just kind of f flow out? Hey, it's going to be called Dio. I mean, just Ronnie James Dio, one of the greatest of all time. Vinny, you were a part of that. Well, how did that all come about, and where did, uh, you know, how did it, how did it go? You know, the Sabbath thing was was fantastic. And we were on tour with the Mob Rules album, supporting that. Then later on, we went out on tour uh, and did a live album called Live Evil. So we did a long tour with that. And then uh, Ronnie, Tony, Geezer, they had some business issues that, that were causing problems. And Ronnie wasn't happy. And eventually... Uh, he wanted to leave the band, but he already had a record deal in place for himself, a solo deal from Warner Brothers, and he was going to do a solo record. His idea was to do a solo record and have all his friends play on it, you know, and stay with Black Sabbath. That was his original, mm -hmm. you know, uh, plan. So 
but at the end of the tour, things were getting bad, and then he decided that he wanted to form his own band, so he <clears throat> he took me aside, and we met uh, at dinner one night and said, look, I'm going to form my own, my own band. I want to put a band together. I'd love you to play drums on it, you know, and that's it. So I, I took him off took him up on the offer, and um, we lived close by each other, too, which was cool. So it was easy to, to get together and communicate and play and all that. So that's what we did. So a couple of times uh, we got together. Ronnie had a couple of ideas. One of them was some of the parts to Holy Diver. We'd take the guitar, and we'd, we'd go play in a rehearsal studio. He would be on guitar, and I'd be on drums. No vote, you know, like, he would sing a little bit, but really no vocals and no, no bass. And we just put ideas down and recorded them. And then uh, we auditioned some guitar players. One of them was Jakey Lee. We auditioned him, and he was great. And uh, But then Ronnie decided he wanted people in the band from Europe or England to make it more international flavor of a band. So he called Jimmy Bain, and he wanted to, from what I hear, he uh, asked Jimmy if he knew any guitar players. And Jimmy mentioned Vivian Campbell. Mm-hmm. So, wow, this is cool. So we went over to England, Ronnie and I, to go check out different bands in England, and maybe we'd find a guitar player. So we, you know, going around London, going to clubs that we'd never been in, and going to listen to guitar players. Sometimes we walk in there, it was a reggae band playing. <laughs> and we go, oh, shit, that's not the right thing. <laughs> well, let's go somewhere else. So anyway, we had to... Uh, Jimmy said he'd be back in a couple of days and then he'll get a hold of Vivian. So we had to kill some time and that's what we did. And I don't think Lonnie really asked Jimmy to be in the band. I think Jimmy just assumed he was coming down because <laughs> Lonnie called him, so, which worked out perfect. And then uh, finally got a hold of Vivian. Jimmy got a hold of Vivian. We arranged Vivian to fly into London uh, from Ireland and we got together at a rehearsal place and just jammed recorded it, and then Ronnie and I went back to the hotel, listened to it, and it was awesome. And Ronnie loved it, and uh, so did I, and Jimmy too, and that band was born. Uh, so did I, by the way. Um. <laughs> Vinny, back in 2008, we were fortunate enough to see the Heaven and Hell tour at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, which was about two years before Dio's passing. Can you describe what your relationship was like with Ronnie after working together on countless projects? Uh, no, Ronnie was... Uh, just an amazing person, you know. I mean, when I first met him, uh, I mean, I'm a lot younger than Ronnie was, and he took me under his wing, and we got along great. You know, we had a lot of the same. He's Italian, I'm Italian. He's from upstate New York. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. So we had a lot of things in, in common, and we just really hit it off from the first day. And then we used to hang out together, and we, we enjoyed the same things. We enjoyed the same food and didn't like certain foods. It was amazing. <laughs> so, uh, so he was great. He was a, just a fantastic person and uh, we got along just so well and it was like a, a, my other brother, you know? And, uh, and then, I mean, Ronnie was into, you know, his, his main thing was his fans. He loved his fans and it was amazing to watch because he'd always go out and sign autographs and take the time to, to to do that, and he remembered your name. You go meet him one time, and the next year we come back and play, he remembers your name. I'm wow. Like, wow. 
that's awesome, you know. One time we pulled out of an arena in the limo, you know, we had limos because we were flying. Uh, so we pull out after the gig, and we get to the gate, and there's a bunch of fans there, and it was cold out. So Ronnie told the limo driver, stop the car, and he got out, and he started signing stuff for everybody. And I'm like, wow! So I got out, and then I went with him, you know? Yeah. And then that happened a lot of times. On the first Holy Diver tour, you know, we were doing great. We were selling out everywhere. And you know, we did an English tour in January, so it was very cold there. And um, after the show, there'd be a line of kids outside waiting for autographs. So Ronnie decided to do, uh, to arrange for, bring the kids in so they're not freezing. Bring all the fans in that are waiting. And then when we're ready, we go down and we all sign everything for them. And that's what we did on, on that first couple of tours. And people were blown away, you know, like, oh, man, this is so cool. Come back in this place that we just played, and we'd sign everything for them. Take pictures, the whole thing. So it's... Uh, so he loved his fans, and he loved his music, you know, and his family, and uh, just, uh, you know, a great person. Uh, there's a moment I'll never forget personally I uh, went to see Iron Maiden it was just a couple weeks after Ronnie passed away and before Iron Maiden came on they they blasted Rainbow in the Dark at this uh, outdoor amphitheater in Seattle I mean the place just went nuts I mean I was tearing up like it was just one of those moments where you realize and it's just good to hear uh, these stories about Ronnie because um, you know a lot of times you people like me in the media or people that are fans uh, like as I am as well of course that uh, you have a you have an image built up of your heroes, and oftentimes that gets let down when you hear about the way they are or the way they treat people. And that's just not the case, you know, with Ronnie. Right. And it's just wonderful to hear that. And I mean, you guys were such a great tandem, such a great team, and I um, love to hear those those stories. And you know, yeah, I, amazing stories. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 absolutely. And I mean, just um, I don't know. I, I just. Yeah. Personally, getting to see that lineup because um, that is my favorite version of Sabbath. Uh, you and Geezer and Tony and, and Ronnie and seeing that in the Mohegan Sun Arena in, in um, Connecticut was surreal for me. And to see that a year—it was about a year before he passed away—and it's unbelievable to think it's been six years. But you know, Vinny, you've just been doing so many things. You've uh, you've accomplished so much. You're uh, one of the great rock drummers. It's you know just so oh, wonderful to have you. Know, and I'll Vinny, Black Sabbath is on their last tour. Uh, build the end. Uh, Bill Ward was not contacted to drum with them to uh, finish out the tour. No, not finish it out, but Bo Bill Ward wasn't contacted to uh, be part of this project. Uh, I was wondering, did, were you contacted at all, or how did that all go down? Um, well, yeah, I didn't get asked to do anything. <laughs> you know, it was like, okay, you know. That's kind of ridiculous. And, um, you know, after Heaven and Hell, you know, they got back together with Ozzy and, uh, and they got a different producer, uh, Rick Rubin, and, you know, there's different people around them. So it wasn't like, well, we want to get Vinny, you know, they, they had different, I don't know who recommended, um, whoever played on the tr uh, drums on the album, I think that might have came from Rick Rubin, so, uh. So that's the way things happen in this business. You know, different people around the band and they, they kind of influence who, what decisions are made. And, and Bill, it's a shame Bill's not there, um, but it didn't work out, you know. I don't know what went down between Bill and, and the management, but it 
never got ironed out or sorted out, and therefore Bill's not involved. So, um, being that this is the last tour, probably a lot of people would like to see the original band with Bill, even if it was for a couple of songs, you know. And uh, they're all still alive. A lot of bands are not all in, in you know, complete anymore. It's just, you know, people getting older are dying. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the bands that are still all, you know, breathing. And uh, it would have been cool to see them together. But, you know, those decisions are made with, between management and the band, and uh, that's the way it works. You know? And they never asked me. Uh, I don't know why. I, and I, you know, I don't ask, you know, because all the times I've been in the band, they've always called. They know my number. They know how to get a hold of me. And that's fine. I'm still friends with Tony. Still keep in touch with Tony and and, uh, and Geezer. And I love them. And they're still, you know, family. But, uh, you know, they didn't call me for the tour. You know, that, that's cool with me. But uh, I'm, I'm just glad they're still out there playing. Yeah, it's um this will this will be it for them, and it's and it's been a, it's been a tough month. I mean, losing or a tough uh, year, I should say. In the last couple of months, you lose, you know, you lose a Jimmy Bain, you lose a Lemmy. I mean, ACDC pro- could be is in flux right now with Brian Johnson's hearing situation. Motley Crue's played their final show. Rush is retired I from. I mean, it's just like oh my gosh, it's surreal. Vinny, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do. I don't know what I'm going to go see in ten years. I'm I'm concerned. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's 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 unbelievable. Well, I was telling that to somebody else. I go, look at all the bands we're losing in the last six months. You lost, you know, you lost Motorhead. You're losing ACDC, Motley Crue, David Bowie. Um, who else? I'm, I'm probably missing a couple. Um, and it's like, wow, you know, that's amazing. Like, it's a turning point. Eventually, there's going to be no, none of these bands around, uh. you know? That is horrifying. I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do in 10 years. My uh, concert-going experiences will certainly uh, not be the same after that. But I'll tell you what, Vinny, to wrap up with you, I mean, it's just been such a pleasure. Again, just a huge fan personally, and um, you know, it's just so gracious of your time to come on with us today. And I'll tell you what, we're, uh, we're coming down to Rocklahoma here um, and at the Memorial Weekend. I don't think they have the actual days yet for when the bands are playing, if I'm correct on that. But we're definitely going to come down and see you. we got to catch up down at Rocklahoma, my man. That's going to be a great time. Sounds good. Yeah, we're going to be there. We're going to kick some ass, and uh, we're looking forward to that show. It's going to be, you know, our first big show in America. So uh, that's that's, that's going to be great. Looking forward to that, guys. The album is Heavy Crown. The band is Last in Line, and the drummer is Vinny Apice, one of the biggest powerhouse drummers in rock history. Vinny, thanks so much for joining thank us. You. Can't thank you enough, and we'll catch up uh, maybe at Rock, Oklahoma, man. I'm going to look you up. All right, sounds good, Clint. Nice talking to you, brother. Th- thanks a lot. And if anybody wants any other information, they can go to us. Last in Line Rocks uh, Facebook site, you know, they can find us. Absolutely, uh, Last, in line, Last in Line Rocks.com and uh, VinnyApacy.com has all that information as well. Thanks so much, Vinny. Appreciate exactly. it. Thank you, Clint. Take care, brother. You bet. You too. Bye-bye.